say, Dave, do you know that One Direction had the number one stadium tour this year? No. Do you know that YouTube won't make the same licensing deal with the indie labels that it does with the majors? They won't. Do you know that Vivo only airs videos from Sony and Universal and does not censor any material? Hey, Steve, how do you know all this stuff? Because last semester I tuned into Music Biz 101 and more on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on WPSC Brave New Radio and heard industry guests talk about all of this stuff. That's that cool show from the Music and Entertainment Industry Management Department on campus that you can call in or tweet questions about the Music Biz, right? It's the only one in the country, and it's a Stitcher Radio podcast as well. Wow, so the show airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. I bet they have great guests lined up. I'd like to learn more about touring using social media and DIY stuff. Just coincidentally, the semester show will include tour manager Dave Laurie, social media whiz Sean Rosenberg, and from Clifton, Sean and Rachel from Blue Raven Entertainment. When's that show on again? Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., live only on 88.7 WPSC, Brave New Radio. And And it's it's free! Listen to those bongos. Can you hear the bongos, Steve Marconi? Yes, I can. Listen to those bongos because, Steve, don't you fit? Oh, down around the corner. Oh, I ruined no, it. I blew it. Every week you're going to do I was, I was. I know. I was going to do no my uh, Doobie Brother rap. No parodies. <laughs> no so parodies. how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Steve Marconi. Really? Dr. Steve Marconi. Third show of the semester or the fourth? I can't even remember. Third show of... First semester, 2014, William Patterson, the University. Right, fall semester. And the show we're talking about is Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio, 88.7 on your FM dial, or you may be listening to the download on Stitcher.com. Yep. We want you to know that this is the only free advice music and entertainment biz talk show and podcast in all of the Americas. We can't be sued. No, there's there's no way. And I counted all the Americas, and there are quite a few of them. Gosh. And we're the only one in all of them. (laughs) So we're we're very excited about that. We want to say hello to, uh, again, I'm Professor Dave Philp. You may call me Professor Dave Philp. And then, we, of course, we have the good Dr. Stephen Marconi. You can call me Professor Marconi. (laughs) There we go. Just don't call him Professor Philp. And then we have, uh, sitting across from me, but that means nothing to you, uh, our producer, Philip Gorachowski. Philip! There we go. We purposely don't give him a mic because of the spit. And then we have a student co-host today. Who is our student co-host? It is... Rachel Witty. Rachel Witty, very <laughs> smart girl. Get it? Witty? Witty smart never girl. Never heard that before. No, you've no. never heard that. This is the first time on Radio Live. And Rachel, you are an MBA student here that at the university. Uh, explain what you are an MBA student and what you do, why you do it, and why you chose it. Um, I am studying music management because I have always been interested in working in the music industry, and I figured, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? And you're and you what you'd like to do? You would like to transition because what are you right now? Your I day am job. currently a music teacher, which I love, but I wanted other options. Mm-hmm. Okay. What part of the music business interests you the most? Um, I would like to work directly with bands, either managing or doing something in the studio, something directly with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Little does she know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's such an easy... I haven't e- taught her well yet. No, no. It's no, a very easy business to get into, and it's a very bu- easy business to stay in for an entire career. And we'll be talking about that with our special guest who is yes. here with us. His name is Wayne Chernin. He's a senior vice president of sales of Island and Republic Records. That's right. That's right. 
Um, so I guess it's my turn to talk. Just Give wanted you to just say hello. Okay, hi everybody. Um, thank you for the invitation. We had your boss here two years ago. Who's that? Monty. Oh Monty yeah, Lippman. Monty Lippman, president of Republic Records, yep. uh, president and chairman of Republic exactly. Records. Exactly for sure. He's uh, definitely a forward thinker and and he, vice president of marketing is. Well, the senior, the executive vice president of marketing is Jim Rappo. Yep, he Jim was Rappo. with him. Right, great. Yeah, Jim actually came from sales. He was the head of sales for Def Jam Records, and um, there was a merger a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and Jim quickly became the head of marketing, and now there's the EVP, and um, there's a bunch of really, really smart guys up there. I mean, Monty started, uh, Monty, along with his brother Avery Lippman, started Republic Records way mm-hmm. back when. And uh, they had a couple bands, and then Universal bought Republic, and then Republic was has just really is the pre. There's only a few premier labels within the industry, and and Republic is absolutely one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really been a great ride and an honor to work with them and for them because I've learned the business um, from them and helped develop some of the biggest acts in the world, mm-hmm. all the acts that they have, all the labels and the acts that they've brought in to Republic. It's just been an incredible ride. And I've been around uh, starting at uh, Polygram, which was purchased by Universal in 1999. So I've been in the business and working for the same company for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And to see Avery, uh, Monty and Avery build this label into the powerhouse that it is now is really incredible. Um, and some of the re- acts you have now? Some of the acts, well, on Republic, some mm-hmm. of the acts are currently Ariana Grande, who debuted uh-huh. number one a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago with 160,000 units. Lord is mm-hmm. the artist development um the artist development a story of of really of 2013 multi Grammy winner, mm-hmm. uh, Godsmack, Weezer. We have a new Weezer record coming out in a couple weeks. John Mellencamp just signed a a deal with Republic Record, who's gonna, he's going to be putting the rest of his albums out through Republic. Mm-hmm. Jesse Dre, Jesse J, a major artist in the UK, bang, bang. and a Bang Bang along with Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande. Um, She's a major artist in England and really an extremely talented singer. Wrote a couple big songs, Party in the USA, uh, for Miley Cyrus and Domino. And she has a new record coming out on the 14th of October that will break her wide open. Just an amazing person and an incredible talent. And, uh, and then through the Cash Money label, which is a distributed label that Republic distributes, mm-hmm. we of course have Nicki Minaj, which mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody knows about. Little Wayne is coming out with it the started Carter in Five. New Orleans. Started in New Orleans, mm-hmm. correct? And now they're based in uh, Miami. And uh, there's the two owners, uh, Baby and Slim, who w- we work in conjunction with. We distribute their label, um, and that we we. Uh, we help them market their records and just an amazing story. Still an independent label who have broken the biggest artists in the world, really changed hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, the, even, even the slogan bling bling that everybody just uses all the time came from one of their songs and one of their labels, mm-hmm. uh, one of their artists, uh, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, Tyga, Drake, 
I mean, the biggest names in the business, we sell them. We also have another distributed label, Brushfire Records, which is Jack Johnson. And Jack Johnson, um, an amazing guy, an, envi- an environmentalist um, who had a great career even before we brought in Brushfire. We just help his label be marketed to more of the masses. Mm-hmm. And now Jack Johnson is is a multi-platinum singer-songwriter who really started the trend. Wayne, may I interrupt you real quick? And just no. to, I'm sorry. I, I, I keep apologize. Going. No, keep going. You just, you just talk. David used to work with me and I think for me for like a minute and you were uh, a pain in the ass back then. That's right. <laughs> and it uh, hasn't... Really, no, it hasn't really changed. Not, no, go ahead. No, no, based upon what you were just saying, because you brought up the term distributed label, and it's great that you're talking. Can you explain, and you kind of went into it, the difference between a distributed label and... An own label, like Universal Music Group owns Republic Records. Correct. Correct. But then you talked about cash money, distributed label. Can you just kind of explain Well, the, the difference, difference between a distributed label and distributed artists is, is that we do not own Universal. Republic does not own the label. But the, they became a partnership that they said to Republic and Universal, hey, we would like to use your services to help distribute our records – market our records, and um, but we'll do the A&R, meaning the artists and repertoire, and, and signing the acts. We'll get the, the label, cash money. Cash money, we'll sorry. Do we'll, okay. we'll do that. And we will, um, we will bring the artist to you when it's ready to come out. You will help us with the artwork. You will help us with the mainstream and digital marketing. And we... Radio to promotion? Uh, radio, sales, legal, anything that a major label does for their own artists, but does it on behalf of the distributed label. And a lot of times, artists and labels may not want to be signed by a major label for, for whatever reasons they have, so they'll come into a partnership saying, we want your help, we'll pay you for that help, but we want our independence, and they're still an independent label. They just want the help of a major label to get all the services that major label and major distribution companies can provide. So, from your perspective as a major label owner, let's say let's uh, let's say it's a download, a ninety-nine cent old day download on iTunes, and seventy cents went to the major the distributor. Right. Um, in this case, Universal Music Group. So after giving the artists their – actually, in this case, you would just keep your chunk, whatever that is, and the rest would go to cash money who would then pay Quite off. frankly, I really don't know how the math works when it comes to that. When it comes to a distributed label, the, uh, the, uh, the portion of the proceeds that comes back to the label, Republic or Universal, how that gets distributed and, and, and really that's – that may vary from deal to deal. I really mm-hmm. I, right. I don't mm-hmm. know how, how that money is distributed. But, uh, but I guess um, you guys would... We, let me take that sure. back. Really, basically, when it comes to a distributed label, there's a fee that's involved that we get paid, and then the rest goes that's to That's what label. I meant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. versus if it was... Uh, what, uh, Ariana, uh, Ariana Grande, right. that's 70 cents. That's your 70 cents to divvy up however correct, it needs correct. to be Correct, correct. But up. we, again, we take a distribution fee that we also have to offer to our distribution company, UMGD, who in turn works with the labels to get this done, making sure – and they also do all the back end, making sure that all the royalties are paid. And then once the 
the the rest of the money comes through, then we we give that all to the distributor label, whatever is left after the fees. So for an artist or a songwriter, if they have the clout, this is an excellent sort of business it's, arrangement. And uh, is it similar to uh, the way Macklemore um, and Ryan... Macklemore and Lewis, yeah. Yeah, when they yeah. used uh, Warner, correct? Now, and again, then, I don't know how that deal was, but I believe they're on an independent label, yes. and I'm not sure if how that deal was yeah, structured. Maybe used, it was with the label, maybe maybe with the artist. Right. Um, of course, it's every deal, and I'm not involved with that end of, of course, the business. Of I'm involved with the actual getting it into the stores. Right. But they use the services right. of so, Warner. And that's really a success story where an independent artist from an independent label um, becomes massive. Mm-hmm. Now, we always we it's always about the artist and the art and and the quality of the music and really the cream rises to the top what we do as a as a uh, major label that helps our help our distributed labels and our and our sign artists is that we basically do our jobs we say okay this is like lord lord came through she was going to break through no matter what mm-hmm. we just helped helped her become as exposed as we possibly can, utilizing all our services, utilizing our marketing services, utilizing our digital marketing services, utilizing our salespeople, our 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 um, our business affairs people, mm-hmm. um, and dealing with all the clients and partners that deal with, that we deal with, whether it's a Spotify, whether it's an iTunes, whether it's a Target, whether it's a Walmart, whether it's an Ardeo, what whoever it is, our team, along with our distribution company, makes sure that we present the artist the way the artist wants to be presented and and then the music basically takes over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now with the area you're in, yeah, and we can speak about Dan Elk and Spotify and streaming and so on. Uh, the significance of that, in terms of point of purchase sales, of course, is tremendous today. That the streaming is correct. Just takes so. Right now, what do you? Yes, go ahead. Right now, streaming represents about 17% of the business. Mm-hmm. In a couple years, streaming, maybe by 2017, 2018, streaming, it is between what the industry is saying, could represent 33%. That's what they're saying now. I believe it's going to be more. Yes. Um, I, th- I think that there's a platform there that, that kids are are just growing into and I can't I just can't see them wanting anything else mm-hmm. because they could choose what they want they can listen for free they could buy premium my own son is getting the iPhone 6 plus and I said well you're going to get the big one he says I don't need the memory he's talking about memory right he says I just why would I need the memory anymore I just go to Spotify which is amazing right yes. that and that is the industry has moved so fast. I mean, when I started 30 years ago, 
I mean, it didn't. It moved fast because it was music and it was excitement. But the format was cassette configurations, yeah. vinyl, and then into CD. Mm-hmm. And it stayed. The format was secondary to the music. Exactly. Didn't yeah. matter what the format was. The platform, excuse me, the platform where the music. That's the new buzzword these days. Platform. I don't think. When we thought about platform 30 years ago, we thought about a diving board. Yes, or, or we were on a subway. Oh, we're, we're on a subway. But now um, it, is, it is sometimes I feel that it takes precedence over the music itself. And mm-hmm. that to me is, is, is tough because we're always – whether it's C- CD – I truly believe whether it's CD, streaming, digital – Downloads. I really, truly believe that as long as people get their music legally, I mean, to me, that's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Spotify has helped that. Spotify has definitely helped that. Why download music illegally and go to a site and maybe get a virus on your computer sure. when you can go to Spotify? I think it's amazing. I listen to Spotify myself. I listen to Beats myself. Um, it's just been in the last few years, the change in the business of how the way people get music is, has just been incredible. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to talk more about this change shortly. We have to do. We have to take a quick break. Okay. And um, when we come back, we're going to finish. We this is the fastest we ever jumped in with a guest. We had about a minute and a half of hi, how Fine. are you? And right I'm in. I'm a because, sales guy. I like to yeah. talk. <laughs> you can tell by uh, yeah, she's really breaking I, it big. I have more artists to talk about on island too. So <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. So this is cool. So we'll be right back. Music biz one hundred and one more. We're going to take a quick break. You can hear some stuff. We're going to say something. Then we're going to get right back to your tweets and to Wayne Shernan right here on Music Biz one hundred and one and more. Hey, Dr. Steve Marconi, did you know about our Music Biz 101 and More theme song contest? I did and do, but only because I co-host the show. It probably wouldn't be good for you not to know. We're off the topic. Here's the contest that's open to every listener in America. Not Russia. No, I'm mad at them. It's simple. Submit an original tune to be used as the theme song for Music Biz 101 and More. A panel of judges is standing by ready to pick the winner. Any style of music, right? Right. Vocal, instrumental, it can be funny or serious. Our blue ribbon panel is looking for something that stands out. One of those old love songs in your sock drawer won't win. Because that song probably sucks, right, Steve? Funny. All entries are due by November 5th. And the winner will be announced on our show December 10th. What does the winner get? The winning song will be played at the beginning and end of the show and broadcast live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. here on WPSC. Plus, you'll get verbal credit in each show, and don't forget the podcast. The show is mobile on Stitcher Radio, so if you win, you can have your parents hear the theme song from their phones and then listen to us interview the best of the best of the music and entertainment industry. This is how Justin Bieber got his story. No. Is this how Lady Gaga got her start? No. Is this how Paramore got their start? No. But it might be the start of your career. Tweet us for details at MusicBiz101WP or go to our contest page, MusicBiz101WP.com backslash theme song contest. Do it now. After midnight, you're going to listen to Music Biz 101 and more. Ow! After midnight... I'm looking for a new co-host. Oh, sorry. That is, I want to apologize once again. I just get so excited when I'm on the air with Dr. Steve Marconi. Send him my email. That's right. Dr. Dr. Steve Marconi at hotguy.com. 
You are listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 FM. It's also streaming. Go to, I don't know, whatever the website is. What is the website for the radio station? Uh, what? GoBrave.org. I'll put or that on my WPSC. cheat sheet. Or WPSC.WPUNJ.edu. Or WPSC.WPUNJ.edu. So m- multiple options to go to. And try and say that really fast and with crackers in your mouth. So uh, we're, we're taking tweets. We have a lot of tweets. Uh, questions for Wayne Chernian, Senior VP of Island Republic Records. You can tweet us anytime you want for about 15 more minutes. And we're going to run out of time. At MusicBiz101WP. You should always visit our website every day, musicbiz 101wp.com and next week we have Steve Corbin who is a VP of content development for WIA after that Dave Laurie who is a CEO of his uh, own company which is uh, called uh, DJL Live Music Productions Mm -hmm. and after that we have Frank Robin, who is the guitar tech for Hall and & Oates and also the band Mo, the jam band Mo. Mm-hmm. So cool stuff. But what you just heard during the break was a spot, a promo. Yes, for... how's that contest going? The contest is actually going well. We're looking for our theme song for our Music Biz 101 and more. And we got our first entry the other day from a guy in Dallas, Texas. Great. They're listening to us in the big state of Texas, the Lone Star State. So why would I want to submit... This, what would I get out of it? Where's the value? Everybody always says, I want to get on college radio. How do I get my music on college radio? And mm. we figured out, we figured out how to break, how to break that spell of not having it happen. So what you're going to do, if you win the Music Biz 101 and More theme song contest, one of the big prizes is your best song. It doesn't have to be the theme song. Whatever your best recorded song is that you have will go into rotation on Brave New Radio, 88.7. You'll be, Philip, it's called the Brave New Artist? Uh, brave Ad. It's a Brave Ad. It's a Brave Ad? Get a slot. Okay, you get a slot in, well, you get in heavy rotation, medium rotation, light rotation, right. in rotation. On, on uh, ADD. Brave Ad. Brave. Right? Brave Ad, yeah. Brave Ad, all right. I'm going to call you a brave new artist because I think that's kind of cooler, and I think you're going to change that. So and you'll, will you be interviewed or anything? And, the sh- you- and also January 24th is our first show of 2015, and you'll be on our show, but also on the show before our great producer Philip Gorkowski. Give me a hand, Philip Gorkowski. <laughs> well, uh, on Philip's show, you will be interviewed for at least a minimum 15 minute block where Philip will interview you. He will also play two or three of your best songs as well. Great. So great opportunity for your music. Music to be heard on the radio multiple ways. And it's completely free. free. Mm -hmm. Completely free. Just like this show is the only free advice. Music and entertainment biz talk show and podcast in the Americas. All the Americas. So we want you to know about that. Enter. Do it now. All right. We are back back. to our good friend Wayne Chernin. Yes, let's get back to our guest. So, uh, Wayne, I've noticed that... um, not only consolidation, of course, which we get all the time for obvious reasons, but there have been sort of separations of labels and from time to time with many of the major, um, major you know, recording labels. And why do they do that? Is it a genre thing? or? Well, I, 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 I don't want to speak to the powers, that, the why they did it. My impression, and I totally agreed with it is that and I, I never really even thought I'd ever see this again but it was decided that these legendary labels Def Jam Island and Republic to make them autonomous 
and not be a part of a group. Bef- couple, uh, maybe a year ago, whenever the, I guess it was less than a year ago, maybe six months ago, where it was the the three labels, Republic, Island, and Def Jam, were part of a group uh, that uh, was run by Barry Weiss, mm-hmm. and the the presidents reported to him, and I thought that was fine. But I guess what what it was decided that let the labels do their thing. Let the presidents, they're there for a reason. Let the presidents sign their acts, live and die by their choices, hire and fire who they wanted, and bring to market the artists that um, they are totally responsible for. And, of course, back years ago, the labels did that themselves. They might have been independent. Island was independent at one time, of course. Mm-hmm. Motown a&M, these are great labels, and they broke incredible artists on their own. Their vision, their A&R, their marketing, and their amazing artists. So I would think the reason for it is they wanted to have these labels do that again. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, I don't think you can argue. I thought it was incredible that they actually did that because you saw this consolidation, consolidation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they allow the presidents to do – sign the acts that they want to sign and market them the way they want to market them. And I think it's, it's, it's an incredible move. Do the presidents still um, – do they still look for a relationship with the, with the artist – uh, like it's a relationship with Lord, it's a, re- a relationship with Ariana through the presidents or the CEOs in the case of Republic um, on a sort of like a one-to-one basis like oh, I, years I, ago. I definitely I – th- I don't think that's ever changed. Mm-hmm. Even when there was a group, the presidents work directly with the artists. I, I don't think that's changed. I think the, the, um, the stakes are higher now. Mm-hmm. Because they sign them and it's they approve the deals and they approve the budgets and they approve who we they sign solely and it may have gotten away from that. Um, I'm sure there was a there was a, a bigger group that was responsible, but it it takes it back to the older days, but also keeps it in the structure that you keep prices in line, uh, costs in line, and everything that a corporation can help with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think that the relationship with the president was ever disconnected from the artist. Sometimes, like Lord, she was signed in New Zealand. So there's only so much mm-hmm. FaceTime you could have with Lord. Mm-hmm. And actually, Lord came through um, Lava Records, Jason Flom. Yeah who has a label within Republic, mm-hmm. brought uh, Lord, said, this is amazing. I, I hear the song, and um, I want to uh, I want to look into that. And, and what they found out is that she was signed to Universal New Zealand. It's a big company. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know if it's easier or harder to get it, but for what I know, if, if an artist like Lord is signed to New Zealand... They may decided to go to a different label within Universal. Maybe they said, well, I want to go to Capital or I want to go to Interscope. But because Jason and then Monty and Avery were there early, of course, they got the prize, which was an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we uh, switch gears a little bit? 
and talk about retail uh, because you're in sales and the consumer traditionally going back, for example, 30 years would go into a Tower Records or a Sam Goody or a Music Land and buy their physical product. And obviously that is all changed. And the could you talk, I guess, about the retail landscape for music? And you mostly deal with physical anyway. And talk about how your how your job has changed over the past decade plus from the emphasis on physical to digital and, and where you are and, and how retail is working today. Uh, well, I'm part of the Commerce Department of Republic and Island. So I deal, my main focus is physical, which is CDs, vinyl, DVDs, any kind of physical goods that go into retail. So of course my job has changed dramatically over the years where when I started and up until maybe 15 years ago, it was mostly physical. Everything was in the stores, what you shipped, what you scanned in the stores, returns, everything that goes along with shipping hard goods into retail. And of course, back then, you know, every year it changes, but certainly 10, 15 years ago, it was an incredible amount of retailers out there that sold music. When I became part of a label, I had the Northeast Territory for Polygram Label Group, which was a bunch of different labels, Island and and Victory and, and Polydor in London. And I had The Wiz. I had The Wall in Philadelphia. I had National Record Mart in Pittsburgh, mm. Strawberries in Boston, Transworld in Albany, a mm-hmm. bunch of one-stops where one-stop you sell into a sub-distributor that in turn sells to independent stores. Several, maybe 20 Tower Records, mm-hmm. Virgin Records, Colony Records. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And out. Newberry Comics, which is still around. Transworld, FYE, is still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, I was one of four people. Then they had other regionals in the, in the, in the South that handled Anderson, which is a rack job that handles Walmart. And it goes on and on and on and on. So fast forward to today, the physical landscape has changed so dramatically. It actually has come back to the way it was in the 50s and the 60s, yeah. right? Because the the main sellers of music back then were department stores. Now we call them mass merchants. Yeah. And it's the main people who sell music is Target, Walmart, Best Buy, and the independent stores who are very important then and are very and are very important now, they're the leaders in selling music on the physical side. Of course, I always look at it where Spotify, iTunes would be the Tower Records of back then. They're the ones that get the music started. They're the ones that attract the tastemakers. And as the music becomes more mainstream, that's when the CD kicks in. Now, of course, you have the element of vinyl, which is blows my mind. I wish I didn't <laughs> sell. I sold some of my vinyl and my father said, oh, I threw all that those vinyl CDs sure. away. You never picked them up which was very, very sad. Um, but vinyl is incredible. It will never be a big part of the business, but what it, what is exciting to me is that kids, including my daughter, Blake, um, is so into vinyl and loves the touching it, opening it up, 
I uh, I took a record out and I touched the surface. She goes, "No, Daddy, that's not how you." <laughs> I'm like, "I know how to take a record out." <laughs> right. <laughs> and retailers like Barnes and Noble and Hastings out of Texas and and Fye and uh, just and of course the independent stores are all carrying vinyl because before vinyl was selling to what they used to call the great the guys with the gray hairs and the ponytail. Yeah. And now kids are coming in who want to be part of the of the feeling of a record store. I mean, mm-hmm. the record store, when I was a kid, was everything. We went to the record stores. Um, I, my, I, I lived in Queens, and my wife lived in Jersey. We met at Tower Records downtown when <laughs> we were met for dates in the Springsteen section of Tower Records. Uh, <laughs> um, Street. And, yeah, and was, which was always my favorite record store. Yeah, of course. And... Um, I love, 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 love that the kids are now discovering not only vinyl, but discovering the record store. And there's still some incredible, incredible record stores mm-hmm. right here near in Ford's, New Jersey, Vintage Vinyl, one of the nice, coolest uh, record stores. Rob Roth is the owner. Great record store, has a great selection of vinyl. I'm not trying to advertise it, but there's... There's um, there's great record stores. Well, there's record store day too. There's, well, record record store day has become a national holiday, <laughs> and my friend Michael Kurtz, who runs the uh, the Department of Record Stores Coalition, is the one along with his team came up with it. But there's amazing record stores all over the country, Texas and Portland and uh, Jersey, and, and it goes on and on and on. And um, to me, those guys are survivors. They do very well. They know their customer. They have customer service. But now it's the kids that are going in because they want to be part of getting vinyl, but also the part of being at a record store yeah. and talking about it and not just reading about it. Right. Speaking of physical, uh, we, we'd like to have our first tweet read. Okay. And Rachel Witte, our student co-host, is going to rock that out. All right, we have a tweet from Bianca Russo 25. She says, Taylor Swift's new album is coming out and is giving away prizes, but to win, you have to buy the album and enter a code that comes with it. Do you think this is a good way to increase CD sales? And if it works, do you think more artists will Willy Wonka their CDs? Um, That's a loaded question. I think it's an excellent idea that they're doing that. Um, uh, Of course, Republic Records is part of the promotion of Taylor Swift. They do all the radio promotion, and they had a very big part in breaking Taylor Swift. Um, I I didn't do the promotion. I'm sure that came from Big Machine. Uh, And I would assume that it's not just selling CDs, but it's a code on the digital too, I would think. Um, I think that anything that you can do to engage the fans – to whether it's through what you hear on the radio, what you read online, um, to get them to listen to your music, to be part of your music is fine with me. I just read an article today in the New York Times about the Japanese market where the CD is still 85% of of sales. Yes. Yes. And what they talked about is there are kids going to record stores. There are 25, no, 85 tower record stores in Japan. Yes. And at, at, at its peak, there are 87 here in the U.S. But what what they're doing is they're doing the Willy Wonka thing in CDs, and they're making these collectible CDs. So a kid will go into a store and buy five copies of the same CD to get whatever prize is in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, certainly I don't know much about the Japanese market, but it is somewhat of a problem. They're trying to figure out with the Japanese record companies how to bring along the digital 
and streaming um, commerce to Japan. Um, well, this contest for Taylor Swift is also uh, the adage of know your customer, know mm-hmm. thy customer, because now they will get all the information about that customer. When that customer enters the code and so on, now they have everything about that. So they're just building this fan base to become more of a fanatic fan mm-hmm. base. I think it's exciting when Taylor Swift comes out because I actually have a bet with uh, one of the people I work with um, that it's going to sell over a million the first week. Well, what did t- her her last record did? Yeah, but the, um, this "Shake It Off" now is at uh, on YouTube. I think we checked the other day. Was it eighty million or is it beyond eighty million the streams already? Wow! Yeah. I mean, I, it was, was I, like 20 million like that, and I think mm-hmm. it's up to about 80 million now. It's exciting when an artist like Taylor comes out because, you know, the record business has been very tough. But when you have an artist as massive and as talented as Taylor Swift, just read an article, she was on the cover of Rolling Stone. I find her life fascinating. Um, I find that. You didn't uh, go out with her, did you? Uh, no, I'm married, <laughs> and. There would be a song. My wife is, is, is more beautiful than Taylor. Ah, that's Aww. wonderful. Um, but I think that um, it's 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 great for everybody, whether Taylor is on their label or not, for the industry. It's good for digital. It's good for streaming. It's good for physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very exciting when Taylor Swift comes out with a record. And it's exciting, Little Wayne, when he comes out with the Carter Five and Drake's last record sold over six hundred thousand. And Nicki and Minaj is, couldn't be hotter right now with her single Anaconda. Mm-hmm. All these things make commerce exciting for every platform and that's what i love when everybody gets a piece of the action physical streaming digital and Mm. and that's what happened with lord that's what happened with ariana grande i love when everybody can be successful when these superstar talented artists come out Mm -hmm. new new tweet um going along with record stores um Devana Aprovado asks, how is FYE able to sustain and make a profit? I was surprised when I saw one in Pennsylvania. Well, they are not making a profit. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I, th- I think I just read, though, they, their numbers came out. Well, I, Transworld's numbers came out and they were they were they lost, I think, even more money than they did the quarter. <laughs> Of well, last year of 13. You never count out Bob Higgins, who's the owner of Transworld. Transworld, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why FYE, which is the parent company Transworld, does well is they're in malls. And they're the only physical retailer in malls. And malls have built-in traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but also FYE ha- is also forward-thinking. And they have, a concept st- they have a concept store in Woodbridge, New Jersey, that everybody is buzzing about. As a matter of fact, I just came back from their convention I love dealing with FYE, and I'm not just saying that because I do, is because he's a survivor. Yes. And their stores are, they they stock a lot of our catalog and our new releases, but they also sell other things that attracts people like what they call trend, which is Beanie Babies or whatever is hot. They sell um, they sell hard hardware and whatever they can sell. So FYE is a very important part of the ecosystem of where we sell music. What mm-hmm. is in that that store that that everybody is buzzing about, though? What is, what is well, it? Well, they different? actually, I didn't even realize it was there until I went to the convention. So I'm going to go to the store, but it's a new concept of of the way future Fye stores are going to look like, and just how it's laid out. 
and how you can go to listening stations and and uh, I believe it's going to carry vinyl. Fye is getting into vinyl more and 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 according to them, it's been extremely successful in every genre they sell, whether it's music. Um, uh, trend or whatever they sell and I'm, I'm actually very excited to see it do you think in some ways that the industry when the cd came out started to shoot themselves in the in the foot or the feet let's say uh for example it's been said many times that the cd packaging is the most unfriendly consumer unfriendly packaging there is and you you literally will break nails you will if you don't have an implement to get through the shrink wrap there's no way you can get into that. Do you think that sort of that was the beginning of, I mean, there are other reasons why with the CD being not two-sided and so on and so forth, but just in the unfriendliness of the product, do you think that? Well, I think, to do with it? I think the product was very unfriendly when they had the clamshell. Um, yes. Whoever made that decision way back when, my elders and better said, let's put this CD into a plastic non-biodegradable yes. long box right? so we can prop it up in our shelves as mm -hmm. opposed to refitting their shelves when they should have early on to carry just the CD. No, I, I don't think the, the, the shrinking of CDs, the unfriendliness, because I think really that the packaging, I'm not talking about the difficulty, but the packaging itself is very, very, very important to the artist and they want the packaging to be uh, representative of their creativity over and over and above – not over and above the music but along with the music. So mm -hmm. I think people who are buying CDs now are interested in the artwork. Maybe it's convenience. They can throw it in their car. But if they are very into an artist and they want to be part of that artist, sometimes you can even look at a CD – as a piece of merch, because if there is not of merchandise, if there's not a lot of T-shirts or or items, hard items that people could hold and look at and look at the pictures, the only thing they could buy is the CD. That's kind of how Hot Topic looks at CDs. It's a piece of merch. They their customers can touch it, they can hold it, they can look at the pictures. I think one of the reasons why vinyl has been so successful and growing is because people want to see the liner notes. Yeah, the 12 they want to hold so. it. And, and I, I think the packaging is an extremely important part of the physical part of the business. Mm -hmm. um, another question from Joel Filippi. What's a normal day for you at work? I get in about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I take a nap. <laughs> <right>? Awesome. <laughs> I eat a huge lunch. Go to Carmine's. And then I leave about 3 o'clock. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, a day is I get in around uh, between 9 and 9.30. I take a train in from New Jersey. I try to walk from Penn Station to the, the record company, which is a mile. And that's my exercise of, for the day, which is very sad. But at least I get a walk in. I love the walk because you're thinking about the day ahead, what I need to do. It kind of clears my head and knowing going – how I can handle situations. I get in, I, there's a morning routine, looking at reports, uh, looking at whatever I have to look at, whether it's sound scan on every Wednesday or looking at the iTunes. Even though I sell, I'm focused on physical, I look at the iTunes charts, I look at the single sales, I look at where the singles are selling. 
And um, then I quickly get into the task at hand, which is making sure that my new releases are being set up. Right now, I'm, I'm in the, um, the final stages of setting up the Weezer record, which comes out on 10.7. And, uh, and those orders are in. I have to make sure that all the orders are what I thought they were going to be. What are the problems? How, how are we marketing that album through the retailer? What is my company doing to make sure that I'm enhancing the experience of that consumer who wants to buy it at a record store? I'm now making sure that I'm talking to all my retailers about Jesse J's album, which comes out on October 14th. Here's the radio story. Look what Bang Bang's doing along with Ariana Grande and, and Nicki Minaj. How is that uh, impacting why you should buy what you should buy and where it should be positioned in your store? Mm -hmm. I'm talking to my distribution company company to make sure that we are working hand in hand. So when I'm talking to the retailer and talking to them, they are executing my label's vision of how this record should be positioned in the store and the other things, whether we're going to do an in-store with an artist, why we won't, why we will. And um, I'm, I'm looking at that. And then the day includes meetings on various, whether it's a general marketing meeting, like we'll have tomorrow, we we'll talk about a number of different artists, or if it's a specific meeting about a specific artist and what we're doing department by department to help market that artist. And that's basically, and then I get back to my desk and I continue doing that amongst the, 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 the boring stuff like approving <laughs> people's hours and things like that. So we should uh, take a minute or two. Out. We didn't talk about how you got into this business. Well, um, it was a business. I, I always knew that I wanted to be in music. That's the only thing that ever really excited me. And I listened to, uh, obviously, a lot of music. I grew up in the Asbury Park area. I spent a lot of time at the Stone Pony mm -hmm. watching bands and other dive bars around there. And it was just, it was a big part of my life being part of music. And I originally thought I wanted to be a on the radio or be a DJ or work in radio. I went to Monmouth University. I was on the radio station there. But I quickly learned that that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be behind the scenes. I wanted to be at a record company. And I knew that clicked. I, I went to visit a cousin of mine who worked at Atlantic Records. And for whatever reason, the guys from ACDC were standing right there. I, I don't even know why they were standing there. <laughs> and what has excited me, they're all short, and I was taller than half yeah. of them. So I was really excited about it because I'm pretty short. I was going to say and, um, <laughs> and I said, this is where I want to be. And um, I was lucky enough to, right out of college, I got a job hanging posters at record stores. And that evolved into a sales position. I moved to Long Island, and I sold to H – actually opened up HMV, signed the paperwork for HMV, opened in the United States, which was a record store. Mm -hmm. That's that's big, still big in Canada, but not here. And, um, and I sold records into record stores and their chains, and then I became a regional salesperson for – uh, Island Records, PLG, and a director of sales, VP of sales, head of sales, and but all within the Universal system because Universal bought Polygram in 1999. So even though I moved around in different areas, I still stayed within the Universal system. Mm. Not different areas, but different labels within there. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm there's not that many people can say they work for the same company for no. 30 years. And, no, I only know. And one I consider myself extremely lucky. 
um, that I've done, and I feel like that I've that I've achieved a lot more than I ever even dreamed of. Great. Can you bring Great. up? Uh, you got all that way, not just because you're a sweet man with a pretty face, but bring up real quickly the networking part of it, because you didn't get there because you just sat in your little cubicle far away and never talked to anybody. And I bring that up because sitting who isn't on. Uh, our camera at all or our microphone is Joey Stefan who was our host last week when he found out you were going to be the guest Joey actually stopped by and has been sitting in with us because he just wanted to meet you in terms of the networking and he already created you know that's the start of some sort of relationship which was smart because he's looking to have an internship I know the person uh, at the label is trying to and that's extremely important that was because a lot of people were asking about internships too and tweets so talk about that and networking well I didn't have the opportunity to be an intern when I was in college Uh, Mike Mammoth at the time didn't have an internship program for the music business they have a program now uh, Mammoth is incredible now Uh, when I go back there I went for an anniversary for the radio station and it's just an incredible but they have amazing oh amazing program great great school Um, much more expensive than WPU when I when I started um, the way I believe I I I progressed in the in the in the business is that I learned very early just to keep my head down, do my job. There's a lot of people that think they go into the music business and all of a sudden it's a party, party, party. Well, it's it's a job. Yeah, so when you say keep your head down, is that what you mean? Like, I mean, do just mean? do your job. Mm-hmm. And you know, I grew up. My father I was an electrician, and he's a had a he worked his his butt off at his job, and he and it was a job, and he, it taught me a work ethic that I think some people don't have all the time. And I and I yes, I enjoy the fruits of the of the music business, whether it was a party and free music and free tickets. But that I always thought that, that had to be earned by doing your job and, and staying out of people's business and not repeating what you hear sometimes, keeping uh, secrets, which I do very well with, and 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 just being as we say, a mensch in the business, making sure that, and uh, making sure you do your job. But also, I've had, I've, I've been granted the, some of the best bosses and teachers um, that taught me. I had one boss that was a great manager of people. I had one boss who was who was a great manager, but also a big family man. Don't, don't just. It's not all the business. Your family comes first. And one boss who always said, "Think out of the box." There's always. There's, there's a lot of answers. So I was blessed with the right teachers. I was lucky. And um, that's why I believe that I've, that I've rose to the ranks because I never took anything for granted. And if I, if, if I didn't get to go to somewhere because I wasn't high enough on the food chain, it never bothered me. And it's just – I enjoy the sales job, the sales part of it. I don't just enjoy being a – in the music company, I enjoy selling, selling passionate things, whether it's music, so people get excited about. There's nothing more exciting than seeing somebody like Lord break big. Many, many years ago, I, I remember this quote that you said. You said, 
I remember I'm going to make it big when I earn $30,000 a year. <laughs> Do you remember? That was like when you started working, that was your thing. If I can make $30,000 And now I make $35,000 a year, so I feel See? right. <laughs> You've made it. Uh, I remember saying that and feeling that um, because, of course, I started, I remember starting at $15,000 a year, and then six months later, I got a $500 a year raise, mm-hmm. and I thought, I was like, I'm in. But it was never about the money for me. It was always being part of something that I enjoyed and that I had a part in breaking breaking artists. Always from the beginning is always when an artist starts from nowhere and becomes big, to me that's the best part of it. And that's still happening no matter whether it's, you know, Lord Royal's really started through SoundCloud and through Spotify and then and then the digital downloads happened and then CDs started to sell and yes it's her talent comes first but it's what the record company does for publicity and sales and marketing that really makes an artist like Lord who is a big artist as massive as she possibly could be and to me that's the best part of the job and I think I never forgot that and I never lost my way or got carried away with my position. I never cared as much as that. Now, of course, I have a family. You care about the money, but it was never it was never about the money. Virtually everybody listening is a DIY artist. Either they're like Rachel and they want to manage bands or they are an unsigned artist who would love to get signed. You know, you're the major label guy. Uh, what advice do you have for the, those DIY artists Today, from the your your perspective in sales and distribution, um, what what can you tell them to, to keep going, or, or what are some things that, that well, you I th- see? Well, I think your- it's as probably as easy easier now to get exposed than it ever was. You can put you you can put your song on iTunes for ten dollars. Um, you can get it on Spotify. It's very easy. Before it was like you had CDs, you pressed out CDs, you sold them out of your car, and you got to a very small amount of people. I, I, I'm very, very uh, much in agreement that you need to follow your dreams, but never. You have to be realistic, and as you get older and see how things are going, and if you, there's only happiness is one part of it. Your 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 profession, your your dream is one part of it, but you also want to have that family. You want to have. You want to have a life where you want to be happy. What does happy mean? Happy means that if you want to be a do-yourself artist, that's great. But maybe it's entertaining your friends and yourself if, if you never make it big. But if you find some uh, somebody that you want to have a family with, and, and I know it sounds corny, but to me happiness is your byproduct of what you're doing and, and when you get older, say, I was a happy guy because I had this, that, and this. And I think that you just have to be realistic about how you're progressing and say, okay, I'm happy that I'm doing this. I'm a, I, I like writing songs, but I also want to you know, eat and have a family. So I think that uh, you can easily get your song exposed. People are, record companies are always looking for new artists. That will never stop. So as more as many of the places where you can get exposed through your face through Facebook, through uh, getting it on iTunes, getting it on Amazon, get anywhere you can get exposed your music is better because trust me, 
The A and R people are looking for the for for talent, and and if it shines through, um, and it will, as long as you, if you have the talent, it will shine through somewhere. Just get it as in many places as possible. I think we need to wrap up. Wow! Right, Philip? Yeah, we got. Two and a half minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll begin our wrap-up, and then you can comment on the wrap-up. But we have our lessons of the day, Dr. Stephen Marconi, here on Music Biz 101 and more. And the, the one that I thought that you talked about very early on, which totally stuck out for me, is how streaming is really uh, just the beginning for an artist. Because it goes from streaming to then becoming a hit to then be going to physical. And then it transfers into the mass merchants. Um, it, it Right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yes. I, I, I hadn't heard that. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, of course, streaming sense. as we progress, streaming will be, become the, the end, the end yes. result. But at least for now, and we've seen that from time to time, whether it's whether it's Vine, where we signed um, a couple acts off of Vine, whether it's Facebook, Colby Calais was signed off of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their music was exposed, but it's the starting point. It's the early adapters. It doesn't cost anything to a, listen to a song on Spotify. This is a great song. I want to buy it. I want. I want to put it on my playlist. Then they put it on their playlist on Spotify, and other people get it. And that's how Royals became a hit. And that's why Lord is where she's at now. I still don't know who this Lord person is, but uh, I You're guess not he's very pretty religious, good. <laughs> no, no. So uh, we want to thank today Wayne Shernan. Senior Vice President of Island Republic Records. Thank you very much, Wayne Shern, for being here. Someday we'll convince him to come back. Uh, we want to thank Rachel Witte for being our student MBA guest host of the week. We want to thank Philip Gorakovsky for being our producer extraordinaire. I am your professor, David Kirk Philp. And I'm looking for a co-host. And that is Dr. Steve Marconi is looking for a brand new co-host. Maybe that will be next year's contest. Ah. Until then... This is Music Biz 101 and more. Check out the podcast, Stitcher.com. Go to the website, Music Biz 101 WP. We're here every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. And if you were here, we would give you one big giant bear hug. So all we have to say about that is adios! Oh,